Hello, my friends. Today we'll be continuing with Maria Valtorta, Volume 1. I'll start on page 104. And here we have the Holy Virgin Mary and her cousin Elizabeth, and they're talking about their sons, which will be born soon. Elizabeth has been uh, greatly comforted in having the Virgin Mary visiting with her, talking with her, caring for her, and the Virgin Mary has been kept keeping very busy uh, preparing clothing for Elizabeth's child. And Elizabeth says to her, Oh, but you're working too much, too hard to help me prepare clothes for my child. She says, What about taking time to prepare clothes for yours? And Mary says, Oh, there will be plenty time. First, I will take care of you, since you are going to have your baby very shortly, and later I will see to my Jesus. And Elizabeth says, What a beautiful name, the name of the Son of God, of our Redeemer. And Mary says, Oh, Elizabeth. She becomes sad, and she seizes Elizabeth's hands. And she says, Tell me, since you were illuminated by the Spirit of the Lord when I came here, and you prophesied what the world does not know, tell me, what will my creature have to suffer to save the world? The prophets, oh, what do the prophets say of the Savior? Isaiah, do you remember Isaiah? He said, He is the man of sorrows. Through his wounds we are healed. He was pierced through for our faults, crushed for our sins. Yahweh has been pleased to crush him with suffering. After being condemned, he was lifted up. What lifting is he referring to? They call him the Lamb, and I cannot help thinking of the Lamb of the Passover, of the Lamb of Moses, and I associate it with the serpent elevated by Moses on a cross. Elizabeth, Elizabeth, what will they do to my creature? What will he have to suffer to save the world? And Mary is crying. And Elizabeth comforts her. Mary, don't cry, she says. He is your son, but he is also the son of God. God will see to his son, and will look after you, his mother. And if so many will be cruel to him, so many will love him, so many, forever and ever. The world will look at your son, and will bless you with him. They will bless you, for you are the spring from which redemption gushes out. The destiny of your son, he will be raised to the rank of king of the whole creation. Just think of that, Mary, king, because he will redeem the whole creation, and as such he will be universal king, and he will be loved also in the world, in its lifetime. My son will precede yours, and will love him. The angel told Zacharias, and he wrote it down for me. How painful it is to see him dumb, my Zacharias. But I hope that when the baby is born, also the father will be freed from his punishment. Will you pray too, since you are the seat of the power of God and the cause of delight in the world? To obtain this grace, I make my offers to the Lord as best I can. I offer my creature because it belongs to him as he lent it to his servant to grant her the joy of being called mother. It is the testimony of what God has done for me. I want his name to be John. Isn't my son a grace? And didn't God grant me it? And Mary says, And God, I am sure, will grant you the graces. I will pray with you. Elizabeth is crying, 
and she says, I suffer so much seeing my Zacharias dumb. When he writes, as he can no longer speak to me, there seem to be mountains and oceans between me and him. After so many years of sweet conversation, now there is nothing but silence from his mouth. And particularly now, when it would be so nice to talk about who is about to come. I even refrain from speaking to avoid seeing him getting strained in his efforts to reply to me by gestures. I have cried so much. How much did I long for you, Mary? The people of the village watch and talk and criticize. Such is the world. But when one has a pain or a joy, one needs to be understood, not criticized. But now my life seems completely improved. I feel a joy in me since you, Mary, came here. I feel that my test is about to end and that I will soon be completely happy. I am right, am I not? I have resigned myself to everything. But if God would only forgive my husband, if I could only hear him pray once again. The two women continue to talk, and at some point Mary says, Oh, how I will love my child, my son. Also Joseph will love him. And Elizabeth tells her, You will have to tell Joseph. But Mary sighs and she says, Yes, I will have to tell him. I wish heaven would tell him, because it is so difficult to tell. And Elizabeth asks her if Mary would like her to talk to Joseph. And Mary says, No, I have entrusted God with the task of informing him of his happy destiny of putative father of the Son of God, and he will do so. The Spirit said to me that evening, Be silent, and trust me with the task of justifying you, and he will do so. God never lies. It is a great trial, but with the help of the Eternal Father it will be overcome. No one must learn from my mouth what the benignity of the Lord has done. Certainly you are the exception, Elizabeth, because the Spirit revealed it to you. And Elizabeth says, I have not mentioned it to anybody, not even to Zacharias, who would have been very happy. He thinks you are a mother according to nature. And Mary says, I know, and I decided that out of prudence. The secrets of God are holy. The angel of the Lord did not reveal my divine maternity to Zacharias. He could have done so, if God had wanted, because God knew that the time for the incarnation of his word in me was already imminent. But God hid this joyful light from Zacharias, who rejected your late maternity as something impossible. I have complied with the will of God, as you have seen. You perceived the secret living in me. He, Zacharias, did not perceive anything. Until the screen of his incredulity does not fall before the power of God, he will be separated from supernatural lights. Elizabeth sighs and becomes silent. Now the Virgin Mary speaks to us directly, and she says, The first charity towards our neighbors is to be exerted towards our neighbors. This must not seem a pun to you. There is charity towards God and charity towards our neighbors. Charity towards our neighbors comprises also charity towards ourselves. But if we love ourselves more than our neighbors, we are no longer charitable, we are selfish. Also, in lawful matters, we must be so holy as to always give priority to the needs of our neighbor. Be sure, my children, that God provides for the generous by means of his power and his bounty. Let me just add here, we'll ask ourselves, who is our neighbor? 
and we think it's the person who lives to the right of our house or the person who lives to the left of our house. But I think our neighbor is anybody who is not us. When God says love thy neighbor, he means love everybody. He means love your friends, your relatives, people around you, the people you meet when you go out to the store, the people that you know at work, the people that you see when you're driving in your car. He means that everyone is our neighbor. God asks us to love God first, then he asks us to love one another. And that means to be kind to each other and charitable to each other. And the Virgin Mary sets the way. She gives the example. Her first instinct as the new mother of Jesus is to serve her neighbor. And she goes to her cousin Elizabeth, who is elderly, and she serves her. She makes clothes for her child. She keeps her company. She keeps her spirits up. She prays with her. So Mary gives us by example this beautiful virtue of charity towards one's neighbor. Now continue with what the Virgin Mary says. She says, It was this certainty that led me to Hebron to assist my relative in her condition. And to my eagerness for human help, God, giving beyond measure as he is wont, added an unforeseen gift of supernatural assistance. I went to give material help, and God sanctified my good intention by sanctifying through it the fruit of Elizabeth's womb, and by means of that sanctification by which the Baptist was presanctified, he relieved the physical pain of the elderly daughter of Eve, who had conceived at an unusual age. Elizabeth, a woman of fearless faith and confident submission to God's will, deserved to understand the mystery that was enclosed within me. The Spirit spoke to her through the bouncing in her womb. The Baptist pronounced his first speech as the announcer of the Word. Through the veils and the diaphragms of veins and flesh that separated and united him at the same time to his Holy Mother. Neither did I deny my prerogative of being the mother of the Lord, because Elizabeth was worthy of the information, and the light had revealed itself to her. To deny it would have meant denying God the praise that should be given to him, the praise that I bore in me, and which, since I could not tell anyone, I repeated to the herbs, to the flowers, to the stars, to the sun, the singing birds, and the patient sheep, to the warbling waters, to the golden light that kissed me, descending from heaven. But it is sweeter to pray together rather than say our prayers by ourselves. I would have liked all the world to know of my destiny, not for my own sake, but that they might join me in praising my Lord. Prudence forbade me to reveal the truth to Zacharias. That would have implied going beyond the work of God. And if I was his spouse and mother, I was still his servant and I could not take the liberty of substituting him and exceeding him in a decree simply because he had loved me beyond measure. Elizabeth in her holiness understood and was silent because a holy person is always submissive and humble. The gift of God must increase our goodness. The more we receive from him, the more we must give. Because the more we receive, the more obvious it is that He is with us and within us. And the more He is with us and within us, the more we must endeavor 
to reach his perfection. That is why I worked for Elizabeth, postponing my own work. I was not afraid that I would not have the time. God is the master of time. He provides for those who hope in him, also in normal things. Selfishness does not speed matters up, it delays them. Charity does not delay, it speeds up. Always bear that in mind. How much peace there was in Elizabeth's house. If I had not been worried about Joseph and, and my child, who was the Redeemer of the world, I would have been happy. But the cross was already casting its shadow on my life, and I heard the voices of the prophets like a knell. My name was Mary. Bitterness was always mingled with the sweetness that God poured into my heart, and it increased more and more until the death of my son. But when God calls us to the destiny of victims for his glory, it is sweet to be ground like corn in the millstone, to convert our pain into a bread that can strengthen the weak and make them capable of reaching heaven.